Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone. Can we stand all across this house? Hasn't the Lord been good to you? Amen. If I could just testify real quick, the Lord's been good to me. He's been much better to me. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Oh, I think today is a day where we can go to a God and look at our own lives and say, I know what God did to me. He made some changes that no one else could. And in that same spirit, we go to him in prayer today for some needs where we need a mighty God. We want to pray for Cindy Rogers. She's our connection with Cedar Ridge. Uh, we found out recently that her mother has hospice. But we don't have to hold our head low because God is able to change things around. I've seen people come off hospice before. I've seen people that should have passed get up off that bed because their life's not done. Sister Kuntz, uh, her mother, Sister Simmons, is very sick. Once again, we serve a mighty God. He is able. He is able to take care of us. And Brother Kevin Adkins is going to have surgery tomorrow morning. But I know a God who is a mighty God. He's a mighty God in that surgery theater, Brother George. God can direct the hands of the surgeons. He can take care of the recovery. He's got it all figured out. As we come to him with these needs today, if anyone else has a need, would you raise your hand? We serve a mighty God. Whatever that need is, if you believe it, you can see it take place. I don't care how impossible it seems, God is able. Let's lift these needs in prayer right now. Lord Jesus, we come to you today, Lord, with seemingly impossible situations, knowing that you are God that serves and you are God that is able, Lord. You hear our prayers, oh God. Lord, you're able to minister to every need here today. Oh God, there are needs in this room that need to see miracles take place. Whether it be lost loved ones, lost children, oh God. Oh Lord, you are a mighty God and there's nothing that you cannot do. Lord, I praise you, I magnify you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There is somebody in this room here today that needs a touch of Almighty God. Feel free to come forward. Elders will lay their hands upon you. We will anoint you with oil. We will practice what the Bible tells us to do because we serve a mighty God. If you have a need, please come forward. Oh, Lord Jesus, you are the healer. You are the restorer today. You're dealing with whatever it is. If our ministers will come. Oh, Lord, you know you're able to intervene in any situation. Oh, God, let's pray right now, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, in your precious name, we plead the blood of Jesus over the situation right now. Lord, there is nothing impossible for you. You are the way maker. Lord, you were able to put streams in the desert. Lord, you were able to provide ways that we cannot see, things that we do not know. You are working behind the scenes. You are doing things that we don't even know about. Lord, you're always working, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, you are able right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, minister in a mighty way, Lord God. Yes, Lord. You are able in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus over this situation right now. In Jesus' name, by your stripes, we are healed. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, God.
Lord, you are the healer of our bodies, Lord Jesus. You made us. You created us. You formed us in the palm of your hand. You are the healer. You are the restorer, Lord Jesus. You know us better than we know ourselves, God. Whatever we need, Lord God, we can come to you. We can bless your holy name. Lord, you just know what we have need of today. I pray for healing. I pray for restoration. Oh, God, you are able to knit things back together, Lord Jesus. I pray for healing. I pray for restoration. Lord, you are able to minister in a mighty way. Lord, it doesn't matter what the reports are. It doesn't matter what man says is going on. It matters what you say is going on. Lord Jesus, minister, Lord God, in a mighty way. Lord, your power, your spirit moves. Your spirit moves in ways we cannot understand. I pray for healing. I pray for restoration. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else here today? All right. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are able to minister. Oh, God, you are able, Lord. We trust in you, Lord. We lift these needs before you today, oh, God. Lord, it doesn't matter the situation. Lord, the most important thing we can do is take this need before you today, Lord Jesus. Leave it in your hands, oh, God. Right now, Lord Jesus, you're looking down from heaven, oh, God. You're ministering, Lord, in a mighty way. You're walking through these aisles, Lord. You're here in the midst of us, Lord Jesus. Lord, you know what we have need of, Lord. We have no power of our own, Lord God. You are all-powerful, almighty. There is nothing you cannot do. You are great, Lord. You are mighty, Lord Jesus. I praise you. I honor you, Lord, today, Jesus. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise your name. Praise your name. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord God. Lord, there's nothing more important we can do than take our needs before you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Lord, right now, combined with our sister right now, Lord Jesus, that you would do the work that only you can do, Lord Jesus. I pray for your purpose, God, Lord, your direction, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Lord, you are able to work a miracle right now in the name of Jesus. You are the miracle worker. You are the way maker, Lord Jesus. I praise you. I honor you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I worship you. I honor you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give him, Lord, a praise. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. What you've already done. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Pray for your anointing, your touch upon Brother Neil, Lord Jesus, God. Go with him and go before him, Lord Jesus. Have your way, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, go with him to this conference, oh God. Lord, minister to him and minister through him, oh God. 
Use him for your purpose, God. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're saying, oh, I wasn't up there, I didn't get prayed for, that's okay. You just lift your hand. You just call upon his name. He's no farther than the mention of his name. Whatever you have need of, he's able to minister right then and there. Whatever it is, God hears and he answers prayer, and I'm thankful for that today. We have a blessed tithers today. Amen. Let's take our offering before the Lord. Let's pray for that. Let's just let God have his way. Let him create the increase that he wants in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for the offering today. Lord, I pray that you bless everyone that's able to give, oh God. Minister unto them. Minister unto their lives, God. Lord, we praise you. We magnify you, oh God. Lord, you are able, Lord, to bring the increase, Lord Jesus. Lord, as we sacrifice, we put it into your hands, Lord. You are able to multiply it many times over. Lord, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Ushers will go ahead and pick up the offering. soul needs reminding you're still good you're so good in the waiting when my heart is confused in the trusting when my hope feels lost and in the hardest when I'm holding the promise you're still you're so good after all of these years you're still good you're so good after
of the Lord. Anybody still feel that way? Would you just tell him he's so good to you? Come on, thank him for his goodness and his mercy. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. More blessings than we can count. More blessings than we should be entitled to. We praise you, Lord. All over this house, would you clap your hands to the Lord and let's praise him together. <clears throat> praise God. You can be seated. In Jesus' name. This weekend, uh, this time of year is very special in that even within our country, a day is set aside to recognize and with gratitude thank the veterans of our armed services that protect the freedoms that we enjoy every single day. Man, when I, I look at this world and I look at all that's going on to it, I think we take for granted how much freedom that we have to do the things that we are allowed to do, want to do, desire to do. And uh, I know there's a lot of problems, I know. Uh, and Lord knows I've preached about them, I've talked about them, just like all of you have talked about. There's all kinds of things that we can point as wrong. But I'll tell you what, I would not want to live anywhere else than the United States of America. And one of the reasons that is is because there have been people that have sacrificed parts of their lives, some in the past even given their lives, so that we could enjoy the freedom. It's by no little thing that we could just come in here and worship the way we want to worship today. And so I think it's fitting that we take just a moment and we recognize those active and inactive in our armed forces. And if you are an active member of the armed forces or inactive, would you stand right now? Man, we want to thank you for your service. Amen. Would you give them a great big hand? That's awesome. I'd encourage you anytime, you can be seated, I'd encourage you anytime that uh, you come across anyone you know that's serving in the armed forces, take two minutes, I'm telling you, I've heard from many, it, it means a lot when you just say thank you for your service, amen, I know that means a lot to them, so take time, even this week, and let's honor those that have helped us. I want to go to the word of the Lord today, and uh, I'm going to ask, it's up and down, it's Popcorn Sunday, stand with me, we want to honor the word of the Lord. As, uh, as we read the word of the Lord today. And uh, while you're standing, why don't you turn around to at least like two or three people. If you don't know them, introduce yourself. Let them know who you are. Welcome them to the house of the Lord. You'll be amazed how good you feel when you love somebody around you and they love you back.
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Benefit, it's a, it's a perk. It's an advantage a lot of times you get from an employer, right? And it's unrealized sometimes in your bank account. It doesn't always equate to dollars and cents in, in your paycheck, but yet it's still measurable. It's by simple definition, it's just, it's a cost being paid on your behalf that you don't have to pay. There's some crazy benefits out there. I started researching benefits and I got so bitter. <laughs> Couldn't believe some benefits that some employers give. If, if you worked for a Marisleep mattress company, they have a nap room available for you. Oh, man. And amongst their core values, their employees are encouraged to nap when needed. How would you like that? Right in the middle of a meeting, just say, guys, look, you take care of this. I'm just tired. It'd be awesome. If you worked at Ben and Jerry's, every employee, listen to this, every employee gets three, three pints of free ice cream a day. They do not offer gym memberships. <laughs> they do offer ice cream. And, and this one was good. If, I, I read that if you work for Airbnb, they will not only give you paid time off for vacation, they will pay for your vacation. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not quitting, don't worry, but I'm just saying... If y'all feel so inclined, I'll take any one of those benefits. Anyone. One of God's craziest benefits is different from a lot of the others that we expect. Because when we, again, when you think about benefits, it's more, it's extra, it's a perk. But I want to preach to you today about a benefit that adds to you and adds to your life without giving you one bit more than you need. Today, I want to preach to you about the benefit of enough. The benefit of enough. If you have your Bibles, look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Apostle Paul says this, and it's on the screen. It says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned. I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. He said, I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things i have learned paul said to be both full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need paul said i i've, I've figured it out and here was paul's secret and here's what i want to preach to you today i can do all things through christ that strengthens, strengthens me. I want to um, preach to you about the benefit of enough. Lay your Bibles down. Lift your hands to heaven. Let's ask the Lord to help us today. Father, we thank you, Lord. You've been so good to us. Thank you for the class this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for the presence that we felt. Your, your spirit has been here as we worshiped you. You have answered. And God, we have felt. You have healed bodies, I believe, here today. You've already done 
enough, Lord, for us to walk out and speak of your glorious blessings. But one more time and for a few minutes more, you're going to speak to our hearts. We open our hearts today, God, to receive the word of the Lord. Father, my prayer, I pray, Lord Jesus, it'd be more than just the words that come out of my mouth. But God, with your power and your spirit, that there would be demonstration in the heart of every person in here. And God, we would receive the word and it would change us forever. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and let's praise him for his word. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Lord bless you. You can be seated. There's no better posture during Thanksgiving than people that ha can say enough is enough. What is this attitude of enough? I think the wisdom writer gives us an idea. In Proverbs chapter 30, verse 7, it's a prayer, a prayer of wisdom and righteousness in which he says, two things I have required of thee. And he speaks to God and says, deny them not before I die. He, he makes the first request, remove far from me vanity and lies. In other words, give me truth. Give me neither, then he says, poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. The attitude enough says, don't give me too much because too much tempts me to forget God. Too much tempts me to, to give him the glory and the honor and the acclamation that all blessing, every good gift comes down from the Father. It comes down from above and too little tempts me to hold him in contempt. And to, to think to ourselves, why? Why? Why do they have it and I don't? Why? Why can't I be happy where I am at? The wisdom writer says, give me an attitude of enough. And I would dare say, and maybe you can agree or not agree, but it's my opinion that this world has lost or is rapidly losing its ability to be content to have enough, and, and you know, I don't mean to be funny, but it is funny. We see it from our wallet to our waistlines. There's just no satisfaction that we have this innate desire for more. The truth of the matter is that we're honest with ourselves. Very rarely are we satisfied with our relationships or satisfied with the job. Anybody want a promotion? Not satisfied with our home, satisfied with the blessings that we do have. And, but I want to preach to you today that one of God's craziest benefits, it, that it's something that can add to your life without giving you one bit more than you really need. Because when you have enough, it unlocks things in your life that riches can never unlock and that poverty can never unlock. When you have enough, it is then 
that the peace of God can flow into your life. The contentment of God can flow into your life. When you really have enough, it's not about the stuff that you have or that you don't have. It's about the relationship with God that you honor and that you prioritize. Now, the truth of the matter is we have better chances in our humanity with having a mindset of a false fullness. Everybody say false fullness. I mean, we feel like we're full, and we fill our lives with a lot of stuff. Any busy people in this house today? Any busy people? Anybody got, a, anybody got an agenda that you don't even have time to fulfill this week? Anybody got things on the, on the block? You don't even know how it's going to get done. Your life is full. Anybody got a full life? Anybody got kids? Anybody got, got a job? Your, your life is full. If you're not careful, though, these very temporary things can become a false fullness to you. The, Jesus talked about this in, in Luke chapter 12. He said, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist of the abundance of the things that he possesses. And he spoke to them, he told them a story, a parable, and said, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself and said, what should I do? Since I need to store my crops. I've got a full barn. My life is full. I know what I'll do. I'll rip down everything that I've got and I'll build bigger and I'll get more. And then I'll say to myself, so you have laid up goods for many years. Take your ease and eat and drink and be merry. When I read this story, when I hear this story, I hear it more along the lines of Jesus saying, look, as soon as you get full, you're going to want more. And there's going to be this tendency to say, look, I'm going to make room for more things that come in my life. And the thought will be in your head that maybe then, maybe then I can be happy. Maybe then I can feel full. Maybe then I can relax when I finally get enough, when I finally get more. Maybe then I can take my ease. But Jesus said that God said unto him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? And Jesus said, here's the moral of all the story. He that lays up treasure for himself and is not, so is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Here's what I'm going to tell you today. It's a concerning thing for a person to feel full when God sees you empty. It's a concerning thing. I'd even say it's a dangerous position for someone to say, you know what? Everything's fine. I've got a full life. Everything's there. But the reality is God sees you as empty. And don't think it can't happen. He spoke to a church in, in Revelation chapter 3. And he said, look, I've got some problems with you because you say that you are rich. And you say that you're increased with goods. And you say that you have need of nothing. But here's the thing. You're blind. You're blind to yourself. You're not self-aware because here's how I see you. I see you as wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. It's, it's the spirit of what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 6 when he said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy where thieves break in and steal but instead of taking a temporary outlook and perspective of being 
being full in your life, you ought to take an eternal perspective of being full in your life. And it's not what you're accumulating here in this life, but it's what you need to be accumulating in the life to come. He said, don't lay up treasures on this earth, but lay up treasures in heaven because in heaven, treasures can't be destroyed. The things you invest in eternity, they can't slip out from under your fingers. The government can't take it away. People can't take it away. I would dare tell you this. Whatever you invest spiritually in your life, it is the only thing that's going to last. My old preacher used to tell me, only what you do for God is going to last for eternity. And look at somebody and say, enough. Enough is enough. And Paul taught us. He taught us. He said, you know what? I'm going to give you the secret. And here is the secret. Are you ready? I'm going to preach my whole message right here. It's just going to take a couple minutes. All you that think I preach too long. I'm going to preach this in just a couple minutes. You ready? You can never feel like you've had enough until Jesus is your enough. You ought to write that down. That's the whole thing right there, all right? You are never going to feel enough. You're never going to feel really spiritually satisfied. You're never going to have the inner peace that this world is looking for until your enough is centered in Jesus. It's not centered in your stuff. It's not centered in your family. It's not centered in your job. It's not centered in your accomplishments. It's centered in Christ himself. This is why Paul could look at us and say, look, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. I know how to be content when I got a bunch of stuff going on and everything's great and looking great and the, and the picture outside, everybody says, look how good Paul's doing. And I know how to, how to be content when it's not so good. And everybody's pointing and saying, look at Paul, he's in prison. He's got all kinds of problems. He said, I know how to do this everywhere and in all things. He said, I have learned. Everybody say, learned. I have learned to both be full and hungry, to abound and suffer need. And here's why. Because I have figured out that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Somebody say, Jesus is my enough. When Jesus is your enough, you'll be surprised what happens in your life. When Jesus becomes your enough, you may get shocked at what goes on. You may, you may be shocked at what stack, stops stacking up in your life and taking up all kinds of bandwidth. You may be shocked. When Jesus is your enough, what attitudes fall away from your mind? When Jesus is your enough, you may be amazed at what controversy gets killed in your life. You may be surprised what appetites fade away, what strongholds are broken down, what cycles get broken in you and your family when it's not based on me anymore, it's not based on this world anymore, it's not based on my stuff anymore. Jesus is my enough. Somebody say it. For Paul, enough was an eternal thing. Jesus is it. Everything for Paul was sourced from God. Everything. And until then, until we learn the lesson that Paul learned, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to us. We're going to stay hungry. And we're going to stay thirsty for things. And our solutions are going to be bigger barns that will be destroyed. 
Our solution are going to be our agendas and our plans and our solutions that don't pan out in the end. You'll stay hungry and thirsty for things. You'll, you'll seek, if, when Jesus is not sure enough, listen to me, you'll seek validation, that validation that you need within your soul, the empty part of your soul, you'll seek that from any source you can find it. You'll try to find encouragement from any source you can find it. You'll try to find happiness and satisfaction from any source that looks like it could give you an even close valid resort. You'll look for pats on the back from comments on your screen. You'll fall into the trap of trying to get agreement from anybody that you can. You'll look around, I'll find if you look long enough, you'll find somebody that will agree with whatever it is that you're going through. But the secret was this, that the, here, here's the problem with it. Because most validation that people give us, it comes, listen, from what they think is good. Let me say it again. I want to make sure you understand what I'm saying. I want people to validate me. I want, I want situations to validate me. But you know what people validate? People validate what they think is good. They validate what they think is right. And so we put the power of our encouragement, we put the power of our satisfaction into fickle hands that sometimes is more messed up than we are. That doesn't sound like a good plan. Good is relative. Amen. Good differs from person to person. Some of you out there think peas are good. The devil's a liar. But everybody that likes peas is saying, no, I'm with him. See, I tell you, so, look, he, he agrees with me. You can find somebody that will validate you. Good, everybody say good, is relative. There's somebody here, I'm sure, that thinks liver and onions is a great dish. And there's many of you that agree with me. Let's validate each other right now. So you end up, here's the problem with that. Everybody say, what they think is good. So if that is the source of your enough in your life, are you with me? If, if people are in relations in this world and stuff, all this stuff that is temporal, all this stuff that is unstable, if all that is what your enough is based on, listen to what you end up doing. You and I end up doing things, making decisions, even thinking thoughts that are based on things that are broken and things that are messed up and things that are not going to give us what we think it's going to give us. That's why Paul said, look, I've got a better idea. I, I, I know what it's like. This is not about good and bad. This is not about up and down. You've got to realize your enough has got to be sourced from the right place. I have learned in many situations, I can do all things. I can go through anything. I can face anybody and anything, but it's not because I've got a lot of stuff, and it's not because I've got a lot of resources. It's because I've got a relationship with Jesus Christ, and when he's involved, there is nothing that I cannot do. Somebody clap your hands if you believe that right now. <clears throat> Paul said, my fullness is found in Christ. And he does not fail. He does not, he is stable. He doesn't move. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. This world can rock. This world can roll. But listen to me, Jesus, stand still. 
Paul said, he is my enough. So I've learned, whether I had a lot or whether I had a little, to be content. In other words, Paul could have really just laid a great testimony out. He could have said, you know what? I've been remembered, and I've been forgotten. I've been cared for, and I've been forsaken. You can read through Scripture and all this. He's been promoted, and he's been persecuted. He's been called wise, and Paul was called a fool. He, he said, I can be comfortable, and I can be uncomfortable. I can be hurt, and I can be encouraged. I can gain, and I can lose. I can be up, and I can be down. I can have much, and I can have little. I know how to do it all, but I can do it through Christ who strengthens me. Somebody say, I can do it when Jesus is my enough. See, his enough was not in his stuff. That's what I'm saying. He learned. And he shared one of the ways that he learned this. In another passage of scripture, remember when he said, you know what, I had this thorn in my flesh. We don't know what it was. It was just something that was bad, something he wanted to get rid of. We don't know if it was a physical malady. It was a thought in his mind. Some people think it was the undoing of his work, that he would go and start a church and other people would come in and tear up his work. It really doesn't matter what it was. Here's the gist of the story. Paul said, I want it to go away. I want it to stop. He said, and I prayed, and he was earnest. I prayed, not once, not twice, but three times I prayed. But the only answer I got, watch this, the only answer I got was he said, the Lord spoke to me and said, my grace is, woo, come on somebody, sufficient for thee. Last time I checked that word sufficient means enough. God looked and said, Paul, I don't care what you're willing to, and there's some things you may want to get rid of, but let me tell you, you don't need anything more than the grace that I poured into your, can I preach to somebody right now? I don't care what you're facing. God's grace is enough. If he's your enough, you can do all things. Because in the end, listen to me, there's only one well done that's going to matter. Right? I mean, I want my wife to think I'm all that. I really do. And most of the time she does. But in the end, that's not the well done that will matter. My friends, my family, while all that has input and impact and dynamic in my life, there's only one well done that matters. It's the one that Jesus quoted in Matthew 25. Well done, thou good, watch, and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Jesus didn't even say you had to be perfect in your doing. He just said you had to be faithful. Somebody say faithful. He said, you just had to make me your enough. Be faithful in a few things, and I'll make you ruler over many. Because when you live in the blessing and the benefit of enough, some things may be uncomfortable, but I promise you, they're going to be well done. Some things may not be easy, but they can be well done. Some things may not be popular, but they can be well done. There will be successes and victories and blessings and effort and work that will be well done. But the well done must come from the right well. 
I'm telling you, you you get you got to get it from the right well. Come on, didn't Isaiah say, "With joy shall you draw." From the wells of salvation, when you are sourcing your enough from this world, it will turn on you. But I need about at least five or six people, and I know there are more, but there's got to be at least five or six people that you've drank from the wells of salvation. How many of you were empty, but when you came to Jesus, you were amazed at how full you got? Come on, there's five. Is there five more? I remember when he saved me. I remember how it felt. I remember how empty I was. But when Jesus came in, it all changed. And there was a fullness and a satisfaction that this world could not find. Remain standing. Remain standing. Now let me ask you folks this. Did all your problems go away? Did, did, oh yeah, when I got the Holy Ghost... I got $2 million. It's amazing. Right in my bank account, just like that. All my financial problems melted away. Anybody? You can sit down. And I got the Holy Ghost. Yeah, me and my wife. We just love one another. We never had another fight. I got the Holy Ghost. Everybody loved me all around. My job, I hated my job, but I got the Holy Ghost and, and, and my job. Every, every problem. Listen, no, listen. Paul said, abased and abound. Listen, nothing changed for Paul. Paul knew, in fact, you could argue that some things got worse for Paul. But Paul said, my enough is not in this world anymore. It's not in my intellect. That was Paul's thing. But it's not in my intellect, and it's not in my learning, and it's not in my knowledge. It's in Christ. And if, when my enough is in Christ, it is stable enough to keep me. The benefit of enough. The problem is this, or the truth, I should say, is this. You're unlikely to feel full until you're filled with the Holy Ghost. And it brings a benefit of enough. When Jesus is your enough. There's an old song you used to sing that said, I got Jesus, and that's enough. And then they said it three more times like you didn't hear it. That's enough, that's enough, that's enough. Psalms 103, bless the Lord, O my soul. Don't forget his benefits. What are those benefits? He, for, he forgets and forgives our iniquities. Heals our diseases, redeems our life from destruction, crowns us with loving kindness and gentle mercies, satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, praise the Lord. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. What are his benefits? The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He has not dwelt with us after our sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. For as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That sounds like somebody I can place my trust and my enough in. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Let's not forget, he's more than enough. He's more than enough. Cared for and forsaken, promoted or persecuted, called wise or called a fool, hurt or encouraged, gained or lost, up or down, much or little. He ends by saying, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Would you stand with me? There's a benefit to enough. Let me tell you what it results in. When your enough is eternal, 
eternal life based in Jesus when Christ is the center of your satisfaction. That's when you can view the word of God through the lens of promise. All the promises of the Lord become yours. They are yes and they are amen. We talked about that last week. The peace that passes all understanding. The perfect peace the Bible talks about. His peace, Jesus said, my peace. That comes from your enough being in him. Your supply, your resources. Here's what I promise you. When your enough is in him, you'll have enough to do whatever he needs you to do. Did you hear what I said? You'll have enough. You'll have the job that you need. When, you, when your enough is in him, you'll have the job that you need. You'll, you'll have, you'll have the, the, the help that you need. You'll have the health that you need. Oh, I'm not saying it'll come. Okay, the pastor said I'm getting a promotion. Listen, I'm just telling you. God has his way of timing, but he'll give you what you need. If I say need, this is a benefit. Not that seems to add. It's a benefit that is enough for what you need that moment. It brings a purpose and a destiny. And it brings a tie to eternity. Because when it all fades away, the only thing that is left is your soul and Jesus. And so I wonder today, maybe, maybe somebody's been struggling. And you, let's just say I met a lot of people that tried to fill a lot of things in their life with a lot of things that were never going to fill anything in their life. I've met a lot of full people. Anybody else? Full of a lot of stuff. Full of a lot of plans. Full of a lot of ideas. Overflowing more ideas and plans and, and, and activities than and, and you could ever even count. But I've also watched as God was very clear to show that there was a bankruptcy of soul. And in the end, what's important to be filled? Your life, your daytimer, your bank account or your soul, which means filling first. I would argue and I would suggest that you get your soul filled first. You telling me that I can't make money, I'm not telling you anything. You can do whatever God does for you. But I'm preaching to you as your preacher at least today. You need to get your soul filled first. It's that concept that you've heard me preach, you've read it maybe. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be filled. I wonder today, is there somebody that needs to just re-examine, refocus sure enough and say, look, you know what? I've been trying to fill something in my life from a source that's never going to, it's always going to be empty. It's always going to be like a, a leaky sister, a leaky uh, 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 container that can't hold water. I want to face my enough in Jesus Christ. Come on, would you step out of your seat? Everybody that will, step out of your seat. Bring your enough. Put it in the center of the will and the power of God. Come on, put your, the ultimate of your satisfaction and the ultimate of your hope and put it in the center of Christ. Make him your enough. Everything else gets pushed to the side. Everything else gets a backseat today. Father, I'm going to change my mind about some things. 
I, I, I thought I, I was missing a lot of things on the outside. And the, and the truth of the matter is, I'm missing some things on the inside. Come on, is there anybody, anybody else? Come on, would you come? Hey, no, there's no shame. There's no shame in coming to an altar and coming and praying to God and saying, Lord, I want what's inside to be fixed. And I want what's inside to be fulfilled. And Come on, is there anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, that's it. Everybody that's up here, just begin to pray. Begin to pour your heart out to the Lord. Jesus, I know where my priorities have been. I know where my satisfaction, I know the well I've been trying to pull from. No wonder, Lord Jesus, I still feel empty when I get up in the morning. I need to draw from the wells of salvation. I'm changing my source right now, Jesus. I'm changing my source. And everything else, I'm just going to lay aside. I'm going to lay it down. That's partially what an altar is for. It's a place to lay some things down so you can pick some things up. God's got something for you to pick up today. He's got a new mind for you to pick up today. He's got a new heart for you to pick up today. Come on, just begin to turn your heart to him. Forget about who's around you right now. Come on, are you tired of being empty? You tired of being unfulfilled? You're tired of working so hard and going after it day after day after day, but it seems like you can never get to that place where you're satisfied and fulfilled anymore. I'm gonna tell you why it's that way. Because you need the Holy Ghost working on the inside of your heart. He's gotta be your enough. Come on, that's it, that's it. Lift your hands right where you are, even if you're not in the front today. Lift your hands right where you are. Jesus. Jesus, I'm doing inventory right now, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, that's it. Pray. That's it. Pray. Come on, that's it. Just lift up your voice. Begin to pray. If you feel led, pray with somebody next to you. Maybe your wife, your husband, get together, Lord. We want to get on the same page on this thing. Grab a friend and pray with them. Lord, be in the middle. Be in the middle of this life. Not on the edge, in the middle.
thank you for this presence. Lord, thank you for the word that you spoke to us. God, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough. I think it would be good if we all just declared it right now, if we said it. If we just all spoke to Jesus right now, say, Jesus, you are enough. Lord, I put all my faith and I put all my trust in you, Jesus. Amen. God's been good to us today. Thank you all for being here so much. Please be mindful of those still praying. Take your fellowship out to the foyer. Uh, midweek Bible study is on a Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You are formally dismissed in Jesus' name.